When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. This is The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, the official podcast of Tulane Athletics. This is the place to hear from the people who make the green wave roll each and every week. The Current is also brought to you by Audubon Dental, progressive dentistry, caring approach, experience the difference. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana, the right card, the right care. Tulane School Professional Advancement, your path, our purpose. Learn more at sopa.tulane.edu and Children's Hospital of New Orleans, the health experts for kids. Admittedly, I couldn't think of a clever opening to this week's show, so this is what you get. Welcome into The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, the official podcast of Tulane Athletics. My name is Corey Glor. Hope you all are doing just peachy. I truly sat here for like 20 minutes trying to think of how to open this show. So, welcome. Why wouldn't you be feeling good, though? Spring has sprung. Each day is just lovely in this town right now. My allergies are killing me, but that's fine, because if they're going to kill me anywhere, should be in this city of New Orleans. The only downside to this time of year, aside from the allergies, is that the spring semester is winding down. But that also means there's a lot of big-time games, matches, and meets. They're all flooding the schedule right now for Tulane Athletics. We'll touch on what's happening around the Green Wave Athletic Department coming up at the end of the show. But first up, this week's lineup is brought to you by Helm. Helm Paint and Decorating provides quality paint, paint supplies, and equipment for residential, commercial, and interior design jobs. Head coach Jay Ullman of Tulane Baseball stops by for his weekly check, coming off the win on the lakefront Tuesday night and now diving into the meat of conference play this weekend with a trip to Cincinnati. We'll talk to him about all that and more coming up a little bit later on in the show. But this past weekend was a special one in Uptown New Orleans as number 10 was hung up on the wall for Rick Jones, the winningest coach in Tulane baseball history. On Friday afternoon, the coach stopped by the booth as Tulane was taking on Wichita State, and if you didn't hear that chat live, you're in luck because it's coming up after this. Each day at Brian Subaru, our job is simple. We match up our Subaru customers with the Subaru they love. At Brian Subaru, we know all members of your family, including your beloved pets, 
Have a say-so in the process. For a wonderful sales experience, come in to Brian Subaru. We consistently have great financing opportunities every month on all models in stock. Brian Subaru, 8305 Airline Drive in Metairie or briansubaru.com. Family, Subarus, and love. That's Brian Subaru. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. Hey, Oscar, Oscar, wake up. Hi, this is Otis and Oscar, the Talking Spokes Oysters for Acme Oyster House. You've probably seen us on TV. My friend Oscar is, uh, sleeping. You know, we oysters like our beds. Anyway, drop by tonight for a dozen raw, a dozen char-grilled, a seafood platter or po'boy, and maybe a few laughs. Come Acme, bro. Not you. Acme Oyster House. Life's more fun with seafood. This segment of The Current is brought to you by Tulane Orthopedics. The leaders in orthopedic care in the Gulf South are ready to see you. Visit them online at orthotulane.com or give them a call at 504-988-0100. Oh my goodness, I think we have a special guest arriving here in the booth. He's going to put the headset on here. as the 0-1 coming in? Swing a foul into the glove of Lambert. Now Dylan Carmouche will strike away from a clean inning. Well, look who it is. Hi there, Coach Jones. I mean, it's been been a fun first two innings, I can tell you that. Yeah, that was a fun second inning, wasn't it? The 0-2 yeah. pitch is just off the outside corner by a whisker. One and two. Rick Jones. Boy, this weekend uh, has been uh, – we've been waiting a while for this weekend. How does it feel to finally be here for this weekend? You know, it, it's, it's good because, uh, you know, I dealt with some health issues and with the pandemic, and I was a three-year absence from here, and – to be able to get back and see so many of my great friends and supporters. And now I've got former players who are coming in and, you know, telling me about their families. And, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, one of the things that's special about doing what I did and, and uh, you know, being able to be around those guys who are now all successful in their own professions. And so it's good being here. The one-two is cut on and missed by McDonald. He's gone on strikes. Carmouche goes in order in the top of the third. We'll keep it here as the legendary Rick Jones is now here in the booth with us as Rick Jones weekend now officially underway. So when's the last time you were here to watch a game? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's probably yeah, – that was four years ago. I know, right? That's a pre-COVID Right, or were, were you yeah, sneak pre, out before, pre, during that no, season? Yeah, yeah pre-COVID. Uh, and, uh, but I, I did, you know, uh, of course I know you, you were in East Carolina, but, you know, I don't live that far from Greenville. And so um, every time uh, they would be in East Carolina or, uh, you know, or even not not just Tulane, but Billy Moe, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saw him South last or, weekend, yeah. And Matt Reiser and – and Daniel Lathan came up when they were southeastern. So I would go to Greenville and see, but I always saw Tulane in Greenville. And uh, but uh, being here, it hadn't, it's been longer than I wanted to. That's for sure. Well, it is great to have you back. And, you know, you were down here yesterday during uh, before practice started, and you just kind of looking around here, yeah. and you were talking about 
what uh, what you kind of had to do to get this place built. So, of course, the Katrina year, which, which uh, certainly stands out in your time here at, at Tulane, the World Series, obviously, but what you did with that 2016 to get them to a regional after what happened here in New Orleans and is looking at this place, uh, I could tell you are just kind of soaking this back in here. Yeah. yeah, I said when this construction was going on, every time – every. Uh, minute that I didn't have something else going on, I'll just come sit out here and watch them build. I mean, because this place is so important to me. But uh, it um, it is a beautiful ballpark, and and it's um, you know good sight lines and uh, fan friendly, and uh, you know I just uh, it's a special place. Jackson Lynn fouls off the first pitch to start the third inning, leading five to two as Tolley kicks and fires. And that one's lobbed towards second. Nice pick on the short hop by the freshman Little. And there's one away. Good play. So uh, I've already seen you downstairs there. Uh, yep. You're chatting with some old friends. You're sitting next to, oh, to Todd Graffanini. Yeah, yeah, so who course. else has come down there to already say hi to you? I saw you with Lisa Stockton earlier. Yeah, Lisa came by. And you know, we got Brandon Belanger here. And um, I was with Jason Navarro and Jared Robinson, two of my former pitchers. And, uh, of course, Jason had – both of them had good careers, and Jason was – he's in our Hall of Fame for a reason. And, um, you know, i got other guys coming. I've got – some guys can't come because we had to move the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've gotten probably a half dozen texts or phone calls from guys who can't be here for whatever reason. And um, – but they're calling and texting. And, and But I've got other guys that can be here, and they're, they're – a lot of guys going to be here. If they're not here yet, they'll be here later. Brennan Lambert is trying to give you a souvenir there on his birthday yeah. and your weekend here, but that got fouled <laughs> off right to our right. Two balls and a strike. Wouldn't be the first time I got drilled. Listen, you, you were part of the construction of this ballpark. Nothing's breaking these windows. I found that out here. Pitch to Lambert coming in, and he sends a rocket down the right field line. This sends Ingram back to the track. He's at the wall, and it's gone. An opposite field home run. Happy birthday, Brennan Lambert. He knocks it out of here the opposite way. Lambert with his fifth home run of the year, and Tulane adds another. It is six to two. Boy, sensing sensing the old ball coach back here and putting some runs up on the board for you here, coach. That's got to feel good. It does, and that was a good piece of hitting right there. And you know, wind's going out to right, so being able to stay on the ball and and uh, and it, you know, if it's middle out and and hit it worst pitch, and that's what the that was done right there. You know, I've told people. You know, Chad Suter hit 75 home runs in his career for me, but probably 50 of them were to right, right center field because he would. That's the way he, you know, he approached, and it was the right way. So, you know, I was telling uh, the Wichita State radio crew, Mike Kennedy has been doing it for a long time. He remembers some of those old battles between you and Gene Stevenson back in the right. '90s there yeah, yeah. Um, about the jet stream that exists here, and you're mm-hmm. part of the, of this ballpark yeah. and and the previous one, and blows out to right when the weather's warm, and, and Brendan Lambert took advantage. Now that as Gavin Scholes is the plate here, and the 2-0 is swung on, lifted high in the air down the right field line towards the Wichita bullpen, Ingram measures and he's got it front number two now that this weekend is here coach well i mean the the memories i would imagine are just pouring back talking to some of your former players being back here you know the, the highlights are obvious but what are some of the things that maybe fans don't think of that are now kind of racing back to you as this weekend is here about your 21 years here oh gosh um you know so many so many uh clubs that were special with guys that were great teammates 
and they have gone on, gone and on, all of them gone on to, you know, uh, leadership roles in whatever their field of study, and having the opportunity to have those guys during these their formative years here, and then have the success we had, uh, and those guys how much program pride they have. I mean, I'm we're talking there, just sitting talking to guys, and the program pride is. You know, that's, that's special. But, you know, I can go back and look at clubs and not single in, anyone out. Everybody obviously would talk about um, – go ahead. I don't want to take away from the A-B here. Wow, the one ones uh, inside of Braden Morrow. You've done this before. I remember you did it with Graf a, a few times. You would come yeah. up here, those, those trips to Greenville. That's yeah. when I first met you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, but, um, um, you know, 01 and 05, obviously, with Omaha yeah. teams and – and both of those teams won 56 games, and that ain't easy to do. Um, you know, and of course, 05, we were preseason number one and, and stayed there the majority of the season, and we were the number one seed. But the number one seed has not won the national title since 99, so I'm not sure it's not a curse. 3 <laughs> uh, 1 pitch tomorrow's chop foul. But three my, two. You, know, you know, my first year here, I inherited a club that had struggled a little bit the year before. Even though Coach, Coach Brockhoff built a great program, it struggled a little bit, and. Um, you know, I had a lot of seniors on that team, and they just bought in. And we wound up uh, when it was only a 48-team regional field, and we won, you know, I think 41 and got in a regional. Morrow sends one in the air to right. Wind's going to carry this one back a little bit to the track, to the wall. Ingram jumps up, and he makes the catch right into the padding. And that will close up the third inning. Can you stick around, Coach? Oh, yes. Oh, All right. We are through three. The Lambert home run makes it 6-2, to two, two lane. We go to the fourth as Greenway Baseball from Learfield. 6-2, to two, two lane. We start the fourth inning. The fourth inning is brought to you by two-lane orthopedics. Corey Glore, high atop Greerfield Church and Stadium, and joined by the best to ever do it here in Uptown New Orleans, Rick Jones, as Rick Jones' weekend is underway here. That number 10 is going to – well, it hasn't been worn the last couple of years in preparation for this weekend, but now it's going to be up here on the wall here, Coach, uh, coming up in – well, about three hours' time, you're going to see it as a first pitch swinging by Stroh. He fouls it back. Uh, you can kind of you can't see it from here where we are, but you've been able to tell where that's going to be here. You were looking at that empty spot yeah. yesterday. Now there's a banner overhanging it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you even thought about just what seeing that is going to be like for you when you see that banner? Well, unveiled? I mean, obviously it's an honor. It's a tremendous honor, and and it's a special thing for me and for my family and. Uh, just, uh, you know, being a part of something like this and having the opportunity. Uh, I was blessed to have the opportunity to get hit this job. Kevin White, one of the greatest ADs ever, hired me and, and um, you know, gave me that opportunity. And, um, you know, uh, I, th- I think that's one of the reasons Willie Fritz and I have such a good relationship. We came up similar ways where, you know, I was a high school coach and a junior college coach and a small college coach and, and an assistant for a while at Georgia Tech and bottom line and and he did similar things and we've talked about this when you're coaching at that level you got to do three things uh, almost every day you got to teach a class you got to cut the grass and you got to drive the bus <laughs> and that's the truth and so you know um, being able to do the grunt work and that was one of the things Kevin said to me when he hired me he said you know I know you know you, you had a good run and recruiting coordinator at Georgia Tech but I really hired you more of what you did at Elon because, you know, we we went to three NAI World Series in five years there. And he said, you know, I know what that, you know, because he had come up similar too. And 
you know, to get this job after all that was just like a reward. And we were able to do some things to make the most of it. And, you know, I brought Jim Sloshnickel in with me, uh, who had played for me at Elon. And, of course, you know, he's done great things yeah. at TCU and now at Texas A&M. Um, I tell people I had slots for eight years, and then I had Mark Kingston for seven, and he's got them rolling at South Carolina right now. Yeah. So that's 15 years of guys that, that were bought in and, and worked at the highest level. But you were asking earlier about the about uh, the teams. That 94 team was special. You know, 96 we won the conference tournament first time in Conference USA for a team to win Conference USA because we just got opened the league the year before. And uh, – the uh, <laughs> Ken Berthelot just snuck in here as little. I, I, I know that guy. <laughs> little Jack Little just hit an opposite field home run uh, out of here into the jet stream and right. That's uh, his first of the year. Or yep, there it, no, there was some confusion whether or not Abra maybe grabbed that ball, but he did not. So Little gets one back in the solo shot here with one away in the fourth. That makes it six to three. Coach, too many games with it blowing to right here, and you just you make a pitch and you think you got an out and you don't. Well, and, and uh, you are still uh, you, you're watching every game back back in North Carolina. You told these guys that uh, yesterday, and you know the last couple of games, the the warm weather wind is actually blowing out to left, which was very weird. The yeah. one hopper to third, and it didn't happen as often. No, it was very strange. Now there's two outs here as Thornhill chops out to third. What well, was there a, a moment early on in your career, coach, in which? You know, it's hard. You know, 21 years, they all have their own ebbs and flows, their own stories to tell. What was the first year that you can kind of recall thinking, you know what, I'm building what I wanted to put a foundation in place for here. Now we can do some great things. Do you remember that? Well, you know, um, I said when we won the conference in 96 and then won the regular season in 97 and back in the regional in 98 and and then 99, we were a one seed for the first time in school history. And I started thinking along that line then. Even though we didn't win the regional, we got shipped to Auburn and had to wait, beat them twice on Sunday, beat them the first one. We just didn't have enough pitching at the end. But, uh, and then we went back to regional again in 2000. But in 01, um, you know, we just we had such a good club. And it was a veteran club, and it was a talented club. So many of those guys, all of them played professionally. And, you know, five of them played in the big leagues. It was a thing where, you know, when we go to Zephyr for the Super Regional after beating Oklahoma State twice here in the regional, um, you know, we lose on Friday night in extra innings, and then we win solidly on Saturday. But we were all staying downtown, and we were in the old Fairmont. And I remember walking around in my suite. I didn't sleep, just thinking to myself, tomorrow – we change forever or we go back to being the same. We're a regional team or we're, you're an Omaha club. And uh, we came out and played real. Oh, man. Yeah, tough play on the off the end of the bat by Ingram. Bounced it down the first baseline, and Margett had to field it. Carmouche wasn't able to get back in time to cover, so it's going to be an infield single with two outs here in the fourth for Brock Rodden. Go but, ahead, Coach. Uh, but, no, you know, and, and, of course, we won the next day, and, and that really did. It gave us – much more national recognition yeah. and gave me an opportunity to continue to recruit at, at the highest level, not only locally, which we did, uh, but nationwide. And, you know, we, we didn't have to explain who we were when we walked in the door to, at a young man's house. 
to him and his parents. And that was a big, big uh, change for us in our program. And, and, you know, I mean, again, we were back in a regional in 02 and in 03. 04, we were in a super regional and got beat by Cal State Fullerton in a super regional, and they went on to win the national title. And then that 05 team was was something special. really special. Oh, my goodness. And uh, there's, you know, I had a super regional team coming back with everybody coming back. And then, you know, late in the summer, we were able to get a, a pretty good transfer in Michael Owens. Pretty good, <laughs> yes. It's one of the best one years in this program's I, history. Uh, he and I were talking this morning. I said, you're still the only guy. Because he was hurt in the fall and had knee surgery. Um, and so he, he only played that spring. But um, he won 12 on the mound, and I think, and, and led us in home runs, RBIs, slugging percentage, and batting average. So I, I told him, I said, you may be the only athlete in Tulane history who played one semester, and you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you had a really good big league career, too. Um, but that club was, was something. But then Katrina hit, and you never know. I mean, we are two years, not just – Rodden rolls out to third. Baumgart goes to shortway. Oh, yeah. That'll retire the side here in the top of the fourth. So the one-out home run by Jack Little, his first career, makes it a 6-3 game. We'll go to the bottom half of the fourth. More with Coach Jones coming up as well as Greenway Baseball from Learfield. 6-3, two-lane the lead over Wichita State. We go to the bottom half of the fourth. Coach Rick Jones back up here for a little bit longer here in the radio booth. And something that you told these guys before practice yesterday that, uh, you know, I was talking with the Wichita crew earlier about this and how kind of fitting this might seem that these two are the ones that are colliding on, on the weekend like this for you here, Coach. The only two teams in this conference that have ever made Omaha are these two right here. And you had right. some, you had some, a, little, a couple battles with Wichita State yeah. in the past. Uh, you were talking with Lauren Hibbs earlier. You, had, you yeah. saw him with Charlotte for a long time as well. This is Lauren and I are good friends. We had so many great battles at high level because he had really good gloves too. And But there was always with class, never any issues, always done with class. And so he and I have always had a great relationship. It was great seeing him today too. And we saw Billy Mole last week who's leading South Florida. He put a, a video out that came out yesterday from Tulane about what what you mean to him, and there are just countless members of this program that will have similar things to say as Lombardi fouls away the 1-1. Yeah. It is now 1-2. and two. I mean, that, that's the first thing you told me when I saw you yesterday was um, how much I think the, the attention heading towards you you're, you're going to get used to here over the next couple of days, but you want to shine light on just the people that have come through this program under you and helped you get to the, you know, the 814. No question about that. You're real, real fortunate. But, you know, this kind of, and you, you heard what I said yesterday about this is not a place that necessarily gives you a degree that's going to get you an opportunity to maybe get a pretty good job. But to own a company or run a, a, a law firm or, you know, like David Stewart played for me, he overse- he's a doctor, oversees 30 doctors in Denver. I mean, this is a leadership type program, and we had so many guys, and now they're proving it in their fields of study. Um, but to go back what you asked me before the inning, um, when Katrina hit, you know, that – what really made it tough was we had to play two years at Zephyr, which we'd play games at obviously in Zephyr and in Dome and whatever, but you couldn't play in the Dome anymore. Yeah. Um, but the problem was practice because, you know, with our class schedules like they are, and we had to try to find ways to get this guy to practice and so he could get his 
hour, hour and a half or whatever because he's got to get back to a night class. Or And when you're, you know, eight, eight nine miles away like that, it, it made it – that was the biggest challenge. Someday, and, you know, when the AAA team came to town, they took precedence. So there's when, when we had the old practice field before the football stadium, that's where we practiced a lot, you know, and, and it, you couldn't do but so much there. And so that was the biggest challenge. But that team went, went to a, a regional. We were a regional final at Ole Miss. And then we didn't have that good a year the next year. But then – you know, we opened the new stadium. I'll never forget opening night here, packed house, and shooter hunt for a former first-round pick. I mean, future first-round pick struck out the side in the first, and that club went to a regional final too. We uh, we we had to beat Florida State twice. We'd beaten Florida, beaten Bucknell, but <laughs> I said we. We had to beat. I mean, Florida State had to beat us twice. I'm sorry, yeah. they came out of the losers bracket. And um, but uh, some people have asked me about that that 08 team. They said you you lost two to Florida State. I said no, we lost two to Buster Posey. <laughs> that happened to a lot of folks in his college. Career. We couldn't we couldn't pitch around him because we never had the bag open and and uh, we couldn't get him out. And then the you know not many people know this, but they take the gear off and go to the bump and then hammer you as, yeah. a, as a closer and so but uh but i'm still proud of what that club did you know so you know it's so many great memories and uh, there will be more to be made this weekend no question here coach the counts one and two on to banks a couple of strikeouts for Tolly here to start off the bottom of the fourth and now he looks to finish it off here and he won't just yeah that one kicks away from the catcher at milan you have chatted with Coach Ullman since he got the job here. The, the conversations can remain private, but he has been very open about just what those chats have meant to him in his first year here, and especially with what the year has, has been so far as the 2-2 is lined down the left field line. Banks is going to drop this one in for a two-out base hit. It's going to kick into the corner, so he's got extra bases yeah, to keep the bottom of the fourth going. No, no doubt. Yeah, you know, um, um, Coach Ullman reached out to me when he got the job and started asking me questions. And I, I was very, very upfront with him about this. I said, Coach, the one thing I really appreciated when I got the job here is Coach Brockoff, Coach Retief, they supportive. Coach Retief has helped me so many different ways in fundraising. But I said, but they never once told me what they thought I should do on the field. They right. let me run my program. So I'm not going to – and he said, no, I want to ask some questions about. And so there's some things that uh, – that, you know, I told him that we did, not necessarily on the field, but um, what a great piece of hitting by Brady really Marquette. Good. Chops really it the good. opposite way, and here comes Banks to make it seven to three. Brady Marquette just hatchet jobbed into the ground the opposite way, and he's got the RBI single, a second run knocked in of the game. A lot of good at bats. A lot yes. of really good at bats. They knew you were coming, coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is fun to watch. Um, but um Going back to that, the uh, the uh, things like, I mean, getting back involved with the St. Michael's School and yeah, you know that's the a alumni special game in the fall, alumni yeah. game. I mean, you know, those things are special, and it and it helps your program. There's no question about it because uh, when you've got as many guys out there now who played here, um, there are other kids that are gonna ask questions to them and, and, you know, want to know how it was there. And it can do nothing but help you if those guys are, you know, feel good about the program and feel good about be, being involved in the program. And, and uh, you know, so 
and Jay has done an unbelievable job. That hey, he's a good coach. He's a good man. He's a good coach, and he's going to do a really, really good job here as long as he gets the support. I mean, from that mouth, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get better right there from from a guy who has 18 or 814 wins here in Uptown New Orleans. The count one and one here on Simon Baumgard. He homered to start off that five-run second inning. It's now seven to three, Green Wave. Marquette off of first, the pitch from Tolley, swing and a miss, chase to change up down and away. One ball, two strikes. Well, in a couple hours, Coach, you're going to be down that field. You still got a little bit in that arm of yours, I believe. I don't know if I'm going to throw the first pitch <laughs> Oh, no? I, 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 you know, Bring someone in out of the bullpen yeah, for that yeah, one? Yeah, probably so because, um, you know, having the so the three surgeries I had, I haven't picked a baseball up in a while. And, and after watching the guy from the Super Bowl – uh, throw the first pitch yes. out the other night. I said, it's the last thing I want to do <laughs> is bounce one up there. I threw enough BP over the years, but yeah. uh, so we'll see. Uh, I told I told Curtis I would I'd have to think about that. But um, no, it's just it's great being here and and, and seeing my guys. And yeah. I got here 30 years ago, but my guys are still in the primes of their career. Got a couple now, still playing the pros right now. Yeah. Three in the big leagues, yeah. But uh, you know, I've also had reunions at both Ferrum and, and Elon. Well, those guys are, are retired now. And, and you talk about feeling old. <laughs> Runner goes. The pitch is outside. No throw as Margett's going to scamper into second with his fourth stolen base of the year. It's a Mandeville Seafood stolen base. Yeah, when when players say, Coach, uh, if you get a chance, I want you to come watch my grandson play. Oh, no. <laughs> that, 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 that's a little bit tough to take. Uh well, and uh, and you mentioned to me earlier you might be you might be swinging up uh, in a couple of weeks when this team's up in Greenville. If you yeah, can find I'm the looking time. forward to if if everything's good, then I'm looking forward to getting up there and maybe come sitting with you again for a yeah, couple of innings. I would gladly take it. A chopper to third will end the inning. Rick Jones, this is the start of something that a lot of folks have been waiting years for here this weekend. There's a lot more to come. You're going to be one tired man by Sunday night, That's I feel, okay. with everything coming up. Enjoy the day. Enjoy what's coming up here in about three hours' time. Um, it's a long time in the making. Thank you for swinging up here, Coach. It's a real honor. Good to be here. Always good That's to be Rick here. Rick Jones, the best to ever do it here hey. in Uptown. Roll wave. If you have an orthopedic problem, Tulane has the answer. Whether you have a back problem, torn ligaments, worn out joints, a shoulder, elbow, or hand and wrist problem, the specialists at Tulane Orthopedics can provide the answer. Conveniently located at the Tulane Institute of Sports Medicine on the Uptown Campus, at Tulane Lakeside Hospital, and at Sports Medicine Plus in Lakeview, your answer is just a call or click away. To schedule your appointment, call 504-988-0100 or go to orthotulane.com. Hello, how can I help you? I'm looking for your new fast play games, but really, how fast are they? How fast, do you say? Faster than a... Faster than a... Even faster than... Whoa! Hey, that's fast. Introducing new fast play games from the lottery. Get in between for a dollar. Rev up with $2 Super 7s. Bet on Black Cherry Bingo. Get the winning score with $5 Saints. And finally, it's a party with $10 cash extravaganza. Win up to $50,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. This segment of The Current is brought to you by Capital One proud partner of Tulane Athletics. What's in your wallet? Coach Holman and I just waxing poetic about the environment up in the lakefront on Tuesday night. Boy, it's good to get out of there with a win, uh, especially with what happened this year. It's good to grab a win here on a Tuesday night as well. That means you and I are feeling good talking about 
uh, life here on the podcast. How you doing here the day after beating UNO? I'm doing really well, and uh, we just got another young graduate transfer that potentially uh, is going to be here next year. So it's been a good day so far. Uh, you know, anytime you can beat the people across the street or whatever direction it is within your own state, that's always a good day. And um, yeah, so it's it's a good day. You know, you and I talked before the game, and I think everyone in that dugout felt it prior to that game against the privateers. And we talked about the pride element of that game. Win or loss aside, what happened a few weeks ago here at the hands of UNO, that forced, I think, a, a hard look in the mirror for a lot of your guys. And since that game, we have seen that play out. And whether the result was there or not, we have seen the intent of your guys to see things through to the end, to play with conviction, to play with heart, and what it means to wear Tulane on the chest. And so you got that type of performance again last night, and you got some revenge on the privateers after what happened a couple weeks ago. It was a huge underlying element of that game. To get a win on top of it just felt sweet, didn't it? Yeah, it sure did. And, and you know, like we talked about, it's 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 just the little progressions that, you know, I kind of relate it to like, you know, you have your children and you don't see them grow because you're with them every single second of the day. And somebody comes into town that you haven't seen for a long time and they say, man, your kids have really grown tall and gotten big and, you, you know, you don't realize it. And so, there, you know, like I told the guys after the game last night that there are little incremental things that are happening for them that are trending in a positive direction. And, you know, and unfortunately it doesn't always reward you on the field, but I think in terms of their the way they're going about it um, and the way uh, that they're uh, – upholding more of the standard uh, of what this program uh, means to so many people and, and has been and can be and will be, um, you know, those, those are important things. It's not just merely enough just to do the minimum. It's, it's, about, it's about doing more. And so, you know, just continue to look for those signs of, uh, of progression as we continue to move through the remainder of the season, however long that uh, is. And on the heels of put number 10 on the wall this past weekend against the Shockers. Fans just heard from Coach Jones here on the podcast and a little flashback to kind of his offense in the last couple of games, 30 runs in the four games here since that weekend started. And so, I mean, this is the offense that um, I would say we, we saw at the kind of at the start of the year as well. After that first trip to California, we saw this type of offense for this team. It's been in a dip since, but now here we are the last week. You're seeing, I think, guys settle in a little bit more you've moved the lineup around a little bit guys have taken new roles but you're seeing the at-bats that you've wanted to you have seen the the movement on the base pads that you've wanted to and you've seen just the aggressiveness at the plate and so that's got to really make you happy here those little incremental things that you're seeing from these guys learning how to kind of construct an at-bat a little bit more yeah, and I kind of, I was actually, it's funny you say those things because I was actually thinking about this last night and this morning about, okay, so you go, in, you go into the fall and you go through, you know, October, November, and you get into January before the season starts and you, they, our players kind of tell us a tale about how they're going to perform and how they're going to be and their comfort level. And, you know, you think you're at X level, you know, of performance, and then you get a different level of performance, and 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 just trying to evaluate that, and it makes a lot of sense that, you know, we've got twenty pitchers, and our guys see the same guys over and over, so the, there's a way they're getting pitched, they know 
the style of pitch that's coming from guys, what works for pitchers, what doesn't work for them. And I think now that this group, who wasn't long in the tooth when the season started, is starting to get a little length to their to their teeth, um, and they're starting to kind of get a better sense for how pitching coaches are attacking them. You know, everybody's got the scouting reports and the synergies and the, the technology to be able to watch all the hitters and, and pitchers and all those kind of things. So there eventually becomes a book on how to get guys out. And so at some point you have to adapt or you die. And so I think where we're at now is getting a little length in that tooth where guys are starting to get a, 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 a trustworthy sense of kind of how they're being attacked. And so, you know, I, I, I think that that helps, uh, you know, some confidence and aggressiveness and, uh, and, and instead of doubt, there's more, yes, it's going to be a yes, yes, yes mentality from the plate. And, you know, we've talked a, a, quite a bit about, especially the last probably three weeks, kind of the, the strides forward that Brady Margett's taken for you. He loves seeing Trey Usi, apparently, for you. I know he's had three home runs off of that poor kid. Now, Brady was joking after the game, probably needs to send the kid flowers. But um, he had one last night, a two-run shot. But his last 15 games, he's getting on nearly half the time. And so he's kind of dug out of where he was to start the year. And then you have a guy like Jake LaPrairie, who we've also had some discussions about. But he has returned to his freshman year form, and now he's getting given you a couple of bouts of power here the last week as well and so you know Brady Bear, what he's done for you all year at the top of the lineup and what Simon Baumgart's done at third base Brendan Lambert's solidifying things behind the plate now these are guys that you probably looked at heading into the year to give you some things but maybe they're giving you more now than you anticipated in the heart of this order and now with the middle of conference play here these guys are kind of the ones being leaned on in that heart of the lineup. Yeah, and Brady, you know, Brady was has kind of, for the most part, been a, a steady presence. Uh, I, I think if you asked him and if you looked at the stats, I think probably left a little too much meat on the bone in terms of runs batted in. He's left quite a few in the past, has yeah. left uh, probably some more guys on base than he wanted to, and that was probably, again, try hard and uh, be out of character. But uh, he has, you know, as other guys have started to settle in, <clears throat> he has – also started to settle back in as well and you know the the as a hitter when you when you don't feel when individually if you're doing well or or you're you're doing enough when others around you are struggling sometimes there becomes that tendency to try to do too much because you know that the struggles are real and you're trying to be helpful and do more than you than you need to be doing and taking your walks and knowing how they're pitching you and taking your singles instead of trying to hit homers that end up fly balls and so just kind of always more that way so I think as we've started to come around um, through our lineup better I think he's kind of settled in better now too where he doesn't feel like he has to do it all so uh, that helps you know Jake uh, you know he got count leverage yesterday with you know Jake tends to swing early in the count he likes to be aggressive and sometimes that uh is to his detriment but the home run was 2-0 the double was 2-0 you know he got himself in good counts his rollover ground ball to the first baseman was 0-1 so the good news is that he got himself in leverage counts and then the the extra good news is that he put a plus swings on balls trying to just stay within his framework which is not trying to lift the ball it's just trying to hit a backspin liner and I, I call the LaPrairie home 
Homer when we're in the cage. Everybody else is, you know, running balls out of the park, and he's trying to get in there with the big guys and, and hit. And he does have power, as you see. Um, but his power comes from maximum leverage with line drives. And when he's just a little bit under, it ends up a home run like you saw. So um, when he's doing those things, he's, he's, he's doing well and he's taking his walks. He's got a couple backside hits. And um, the thing I would like to see from him that's, that was different than his freshman year, his freshman year he hit left-handers pretty well if, if I remember correctly this year it hasn't been uh as good so uh that part I'd like to see and you know some of that has to be me giving him the opportunity which recently I really haven't um but that's kind of been earned a little bit so <clears throat> anyway that part for me could get better but he's you know he's uh he's a confident kid so he, he's playing well uh you know Lambert's uh, done a nice job and I kind of we kind of got a nice rhythm and a flow with how we how we manage the game with him back there we get in a spot where the game gets tight uh i go to seth and because seth has got a better arm right now than than b lamb and um and in the game with it last night and to that to that point so anyway so we we've kind of got a you know seth knows as the game gets going we get into that seventh eighth ninth sixth you know we're in that middle innings and he kind of sees how it's going you know like even last night we got to the six and Brennan was coming up I think for the seventh inning and he Seth looks at me before he go, goes out there before I go out to coach third and you know he's like you want me ready right and I'm like absolutely so like he's thinking the game and, and those kind of things and you know it's hard to to start and then come out of a game and pass the baton to somebody else as a position player but B Lamb being the team guy that he is that's it's it's not even an issue it's just like yeah you all right let's go Seth and they have a great relationship and that's selflessness when you can you know put your own wants aside and and know that uh, that moves are being made for for what I believe is the 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 right rhythm and win, you know, for, to give us the best chance to win. So, uh, you know, those guys have, have done a tremendous job. When uh, we sat down a few weeks ago and, and we've talked about kind of how you've now constructed the pitching in midweek games, I, I, you and I highlight the fact that this will give opportunities to guys who might be further down the line to step forward for you. And almost all of them are going to be kind of in, in, crucial scenarios whether they're early on in a game or they're holding things on the middle of a game or in case of last night holding late leads these guys will have their opportunities Gavin Smith has been really good in these spots for you and last night he got the save after starting the last couple of these getting to him last night brings up a Taylor Montiel with three terrific innings you know Brian Valagoski had an adventurous inning but he gave up this adventurous is the word but uh, another left-hander that had some success there and then Grant Clevenger his first inning was lights out and then ran into trouble with two outs in the eighth but three left-handers that got you to the end of that game all took advantage of opportunities in a close game when they were kind of thrown into that spot and came through for you. And that means more opportunities coming for these guys. You're getting what you want from these guys that maybe weren't getting these opportunities before. Yeah, and and we're not asking them to um, cure cancer or go out and uh, throw nine innings for us. We're just asking them to get a set of outs or meet a set of criteria um, and and pass the ball to the next guy and so um you know we we got one less inning than we wanted out of jonah and but we got more innings out of taylor than than we had accounted for and you know uh he was he did a really nice job clev did a tremendous job um 
you know, adventurous was a, a, a good word for Brian. It was, you know, two, it to one, though. two yeah. punch outs, but, you know, it was a hit by pitch, the first guy and uh, a bunch of wi- uh, wild pitches and a pass ball and a lot of free ones in there. So it was like riding a bull in a rodeo. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he came in, we Start had the lead, huge batters, he yeah. left with the lead, you know, and that was, that was critical. And then, you know, Gavin Smith uh, and Colin Riley coming in to uh, spell Clev got a loud out to left, but we were played at depth and in, in the right spot and, and we get an out. So he came in to do his job and, um, you know, and, and then Gavin come in. To me, the, the biggest pitch of the night was the 3-2 slider that he threw. And that was a just awesome Nails. call by Coach Is to have the courage to throw that kind of pitch in that spot and trust you know, and then as I would think as a pitcher, if my pitching coach is calling that pitch in that spot, that's that's a high level of trust and belief. So he executed the pitch and and, and got us out of there. But, you know, the thing that I'm seeing uh, now uh, that uh, I wasn't seeing as much from the beginning to kind of the middle part uh, of the year was, you know, when you, when you go to get the ball from guys and you go out um, – guys look a certain way and you 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 know we're with them every day so we know how they you know we know their body language their facial expressions just stuff body language you know we've been doing it for so long and the thing that I saw a lot in the early going was um lack of better description the deer in the headlights guys look scared and guys looked you know just like this is the most you know important thing which it is it's important but you don't you don't have success by going into a situation, overblowing a situation, making it so important that you can't even function. And so now I, what I'm starting to see is guys are starting to be inserted in spots through these midweek, the way we're kind of doing this. Um, those guys that are looking for more opportunities, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're getting some more opportunities and they know when they're getting those opportunities, they're coming in in spots. You're starting to see a comfort level. The look on their face is a little bit more calm, a little bit more just the, the heartbeats just beating just normal. It's not beating out of their chest. Their eyes aren't wide. Um, they're not short of breath. And so you're starting to see, I'm starting to see when I go out there, that kind of those past kind of successes, even if they're small, they're building into biz, bigger successes, which is creating bigger confidence. So that part's uh, been good, and you know I'd like to see that continue as we continue moving forward. You know, there I think there, there's a bit of a common theme for guys that are just start stepping forward now in the pitching staff for you. We, Dylan Carmouche has been there from start to finish. Ricky Castro last weekend, notwithstanding,'s been there from start to finish for you at the front of the rotation. But now you have. You know, Gavin Smith stepping up this way, Taylor Montiel with the outing last night. I'll even throw Michael Fowler in there. But those five, all, uh, Billy Price, I'll throw him into the mix too. Yeah. Um, but these are guys that were, were elsewhere to start, didn't get opportunities for one reason or another. And now here they are getting their chances to shine and they're all taking advantage of it. There are some past experiences for these guys learning maybe watching going through different roads to get here and now here they are for you coming through in big spots and earning greater opportunities the ability of finding these guys you've been doing it for a while you found these guys now here they are carrying the load for you on the mound yeah and and a lot of it you know especially when you're when you come from high school or you come from a juco typically you're coming from a greater role uh, Grant Clevenger was uh, a starter at Lawrence High School in Kansas. He's now out of the bullpen, so his his opportunities are are 
he's not starting every fifth or sixth or seventh day uh, in high school. He's he's having to get up to get hot and then not go in the game. And then we bypass him because the lineup suggests that he's not a good matchup based on where we're at in the lineup. So they're just things that that young guys and guys that don't have the experience at this level, they, they don't they can't know. They, it, it's impossible for them to know because they've never been through it. So they're they're learning on it's on the job training for them and trying to figure out their roles and you know how to get loose and how to get warm and when to get warm and uh am I really warm like how do I do it without my best stuff and sometimes I go in the game and you know my my eight pitches to warm up aren't good or they're great and then I don't do well or they're not good and I do well and so there's a lot of a lot of things that that go into those kind of things as these guys are learning and so you know as they continue to get more opportunities kind of in the same kind of role they start to get a general sense of what that means what it feels like what the routines are you know and and when you are in control of your routine and you kind of just have a rhythm and a pulse for the game of okay like Seth Beckstead I know I got to get start getting ready to go in you know and so you start getting your mind going because you know being on the bench in a baseball game that that's I don't think that's a lot of fun I mean it's it's uh it's challenging you know and and um, everybody's used to playing by the time they get here. And so you're asking guys to do a lot of different things. But the more they get into these roles, the, the more comfortable they're getting and the more used to their role they're getting. And so, again, within opportunities th- that are created and given, successes, routines, all, again, are creating these little building blocks of confidence that are you just slowly start to see some guys start to kind of turn a little bit of a corner and, and go in a direction that uh, it feels better and feels good. We are now nearing the midway mark of league play. We sit right in the middle of the league, and this is what you're kind of hoping to see uh, heading into league play. There's been a little bit of a switch flip by your guys here. And now, you know, how much are you looking at the overall structure of the league right now, how things are shaking out, or is it very much minutia of what you guys are working on here and where you guys are sitting? Do you look at what the kind of the scope of the league at this point of the year? I mean, just as a as an observer of the game and and fan of college baseball, I mean, I, I do. But in terms of like where we are and what we're trying to do, I really we're just trying to manage ourselves and get ourselves better and worry about how we're how we're performing and the way we're going about uh, getting our work and are we keeping guys healthy? You know, we got a few guys kind of banged up that uh, you know that we're trying to navigate through some of that kind of stuff. But um, really. You know, if you just control your stuff, you know, I'd love to have last weekend back, um, love to have the South Florida, one of those back, you know, certainly we could we could be, you know, uh, wins loss wise in league uh, in a better spot, but we're not. And so you don't get that back. And for me, you can't look too far forward because um, there's just there's no value in that. So just trying to continue the progress, you know, as slow as it, it can be. I'd like to, again, start to see that continuing to tick at a faster pace. But, um, you know, uh, as long as we're not flatlining or going down, we're trying to get just trying to get this thing back up and running and getting guys confidence and feeling good when you go to the park. And, you know, it feels it feels good to roll into the park feeling good, everybody kind of feeling good about where they're at and what they're doing and then getting results and then leaving the park uh, with a win as, you know, like they said in Bull Durham, it's it's winning's a whole lot better than losing. You know, obviously that goes without saying, but, um, you know, it, it's 
that kind of uh, feeling that's contagious, that's what we're continuing to try to, to, to work for and strive for. And, you know, the other teams want the same thing. You know, Cincinnati's uh, record's not uh, excellent at this point and probably not reflective of what they feel that they are. Um, you know, so every weekend in this league is uh, is challenging. You know, it's uh, we're going to go into a place where, uh, you know, two years ago, had we just won two out of four, we're probably in a regional in 2021, and they they swept us. You know, and so that one that left a mark. So we we haven't always played great played well there in terms of the results and it's going to be cold there this weekend uh, their coach left me a voicemail saying that we should be fine Friday Saturday Sunday probably a little bit chilly so you know there's going to be some things that we're going to have to contend with and that's going to um, you know require us to to show some toughness and and uh, determination so again more challenges just in a different kind of area and and we'll see how we respond to those challenges. It's going to do wonders for my allergies. Can't wait. But as we, as we get ready for Cincinnati, I, I think two teams that are they're probably looking at each other and seeing a lot of similar things with how the year has gone right now. So I think that creates for a very fascinating weekend. No question here. As we wrap things up, Coach, now that we've had a couple of days since the weekend and Coach Jones being around the program for the couple of days where he was here. We might see him in a couple of weekends from what he's seen. He might make the so. trip up to Greenville. So. But now that we are have uh, stepped away from that weekend and everything that happened there to put number 10 on the wall, Coach Jones being around your program before the weekend and just having all those guys back as well, what was this weekend like for you as the guy who now carries the torch for this program and seeing a guy who is the best to ever do it here back in town? Yeah, just an honor to be a part of it, to to be, um, you know, around the guys. You know, and there's certainly so many guys out there that, that couldn't even come, you know, that are out there coaching uh, in the world. You know, you, you got your, your Billy Moles mm-hmm. and – um, you got your um, Mark Kingston, yeah, your yeah. Kingsons, and you know Coach Latham at Stetson, and um, you know you got the Dodger guys that are running the running the deal there. So you know um, you got guys everywhere. Robbie Seganin, who's um, with the Phillies, and you know so his his scope is wide, and and just to to be in here to be able to to be a steward for the program, and that he you know. Obviously, Coach Retief and Coach Brockoff, those those gentlemen were they're awesome. Uh, I've enjoyed my relationship with them as well, and um, you know they they carried the torch, and then Coach Jones took it to a different level. And um, you know, there's a reason why people love Tulane baseball, and a lot of that good feeling uh, and pride comes from that era. And so, you know, we want to we want to honor that, uh, we want to respect that, we want to celebrate that. You know, and, and um, I want to build this too to a point where we can this era of Tulane baseball we can create our own uh, sense of uh, tradition and pride that blends into that and makes people proud as well and um, you know it's uh, getting where coach Jones got the program is very difficult you know I was in Oregon in 2012 we were one play away from going to Omaha and I thought you know man we're, we're poised to do this again for the next you know three four five years we can do this and uh, we never got close again, and so getting there is very difficult. And so to get there uh, in '01 and '05, I mean, just really speaks to to the talent level and the and the drive that Coach Jones had for this program. And so to see number ten up there is really cool. Uh, 
I did wear 10 my entire career, ironically, uh, until I got here. And so uh, when I first got here and, and asked for the number 10, I was uh, told that I couldn't wear that because uh, there, was aside, yes. there was a gentleman named Coach Jones that <laughs> had that. And so, uh, you know, obviously I, uh, I just timesed it by two and went to 20. And so to be able to see uh, his number up there is really cool. And uh, it's 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 well earned, well deserved, and uh, just a fitting tribute for for a, a really great coach and a really great person. And to see the lives uh, of the people that he's touched, you know, I was fortunate enough to be invited to a, a deal uh, at uh, Mr. Sofio's house for Coach Jones. And it wasn't all players; there were some players. But the really cool thing that I think speaks to to uh, the masses that coach reached, uh, you know, it was people in the grounds crew um, that used to do the field and it was people in the community that he developed relationships with that uh, are so fond of him and, and what he meant, uh, you know, and their eras growing up to their children and to just their feelings about Tulane and, and, and that era. So those are all great things. And, um, you know, it's a standard to uphold and, uh, we're just I am proud to be able to to sit in a chair that uh, is steep with such tradition and it's something I don't take lightly and um, I, I'm I want to get this I want to make uh, coach Jones proud I want to make the alumni proud I want to make uh, Troy Dannon proud because he gave me an opportunity and uh, Cor- Courtney Gaucher my uh, supervisor you know I, uh, and obviously my family and our families and our players that stuff all matters to me and it's not just hyperbole or uh, you know, me just saying it because I think I need to say it. it. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. So this this opportunity is really important to me, and I care deeply about it. So just happy to happy to be a part of Coach Jones's uh, program. That to do list you have needs one more thing: chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting, anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. The best kept secret on the North Shore is Mandeville Seafood. Become a part of the family and try our famous catfish platter. Or order one of our delicious po'boys with hush puppies and a cup of gumbo. Dine in or carry out. Mandeville Seafood can even cater your next crawfish boil. Fresh seafood, local culture since 1996. Order online at mandevilleseafoodmarket.com. Each day at Brian Subaru, our job is simple. We match up our Subaru customers with the Subaru they love. At Brian Subaru, we know all members of your family, including your beloved pets, have a say-so in the process. For a wonderful sales experience, come in to Brian Subaru. We consistently have great financing opportunities every month on all models in stock. Brian Subaru, 8305 Airline Drive in Metairie or briansubaru.com. Family, Subarus, and love. That's Brian Subaru. Fans, let's take a look at the schedule for Tulane Athletics this week. It's brought to you by Coca-Cola. There's magic when we cheer together. This is a huge week right now around Tulane Athletics, and they're going to get bigger and bigger as we head towards May. A bunch of teams are into conference tournament action. Wednesday was the final day of the AAC Women's Golf Championship out in Orlando, but it was also the first day of the tennis championships. The women got started on Wednesday, also in Orlando at the USTA National Tennis Campus. The men get their action started on Thursday. 
Last week, both sailing programs earned bids to the ICSA National Championships. The women will be the five seed after they grabbed the SCISA auto berth this past weekend. That'll be in Stanford, California on April the 29th. The co-ed team nabbed the 10th seed in the National Championships after they, too, grabbed the SCISA auto berth last weekend. That event is not to the last weekend of May up in Kings Point, New York. This weekend, the co-ed team is up in Massachusetts for the Boston Dinghy Cup Open Fleet Race. That is this weekend. Beach Volleyball is ranked 17th in the nation as they get set to close out the regular season this coming weekend. And it'll be at home for the NOLA Classic on Saturday for a doubleheader with Southern Miss. The action starts at 10.30 at the White Sands Volleyball Courts out in Elmwood. Admission is free, so get on out there. As the first season in Conference USA, Tulane is atop the league, sitting 20-8, and eight, has won four matches in a row heading into the final weekend of the regular season, the conference championship next weekend in Fort Lauderdale. Track and field is split up this weekend. One group off to Charlottesville for the Virginia Challenge. That begins on Thursday. Another group out in Monroe for the Warhawk Challenge. That starts on Friday. Baseball on the road this weekend in Cincinnati. Join me all weekend long along the Tulane Sports Network from Learfield. I'll bring it to you from the Queen City. Back home Tuesday, April 25th to host Southern Miss. Head to TulaneTicks.com. Be in our number. Whew. It is fun and exciting and thrilling as spring begins to wind down. Join us right here on The Current each and every week. It's brought to you by Brian Subaru. All your favorite podcast platforms, your favorite podcast is on all of them. Apple, Google, Spotify, Varsity Network, iHeart, Stitcher, Amazon Music, 8-Track. I mean, we're everywhere. It's the only podcast meant for you, the Tulane fan. Join us as the spring semester starts winding down. That's going to do it for us this week. My thanks to Rick Jones and Jay Ullman for joining the show. The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, was also brought to you by Audubon Dental, progressive dentistry, caring approach, experience the difference. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana, the right card, the right care. Tulane School Professional Advancement, your path, our purpose. Learn more at sopa.tulane.edu. And Children's Hospital of New Orleans, the health experts for kids. The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, was a production of the Tulane Sports Network from Learfield. Until next time, I'm Corey Glore, and as always, roll wave.